Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. Good Thursday morning. Breakfast toast is about to be served. It's an early one for us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamito to preview the weekend of football coming at you. Not much on the college front, uh, but plenty of a slate of NFL games that mean something to a lot of people in a lot of places. And we'll be here for the next uh, 30 to 45 minutes to talk to you about that and uh, several other things. Emil are you quite ready for the weekend, or you still need a little more time? No, I'm getting there. You know, I, I, I start to phase into my, uh, you know, early and not quite totally there yet. The bulls will perk me up a little bit. I go into my uh, semi-winter depression now because I realize the college football season's over and we're starting bowl season. I know I've got quite a bit of NFL football left, but, oh, man, I just wish they could play this sport year-round. Well, you know, they really do, but uh, not in the form in which we uh, uh, know it to be. Football has turned into a year-round thing. And uh, with that, there have been some college football bowl games announced. Emil, are you going to watch all 737 bowl games this year? I'd love to no, try No, I will say, I, I will. Yeah, I will. We, we, you, you know, let's face it. You and I have done the same thing, and I think every college football fan does it every year. We We bitch about the bowl games, but let's face it. We like them. I mean, by and large, there's there's probably eight or ten games in there that are just total pig slop that I won't watch. But I'll guarantee you I watch a good maybe 75% of them. They did a decent job this year, in my opinion, of coming up with some decent matchups. And Chad and I, you know, every week we do the show, you know, we'll look at bowl games ahead and we'll make some bowl picks. And we have to figure out exactly, you and I, how we're going to do that. Maybe we'll have a different format this year try to pick more of the games or however we decide. But there's a lot of them. They start on, let me see here, first one goes off, it uh, looks like December 17th. So that's a week this Saturday. Um, decent game, actually. I mean, you got to, well, Texas, San Antonio, New Mexico isn't a decent game, but Houston, San Diego State is. And there's a couple others that day. I thought they did a good job pairing up some interesting teams in bowl games. Um, I, I like the Michigan-Florida State game. Believe it or not, I like your son's team's game against Iowa, although that may end in a field goal kicking contest. I think they're actually uh, uh, interesting teams to match up. So I thought they did a pretty good job. Well, you have to admit, going down there, you have to be thinking we might see a lot of field goals. What do you think? Am I wrong? Well, I don't know much about the Iowa field goal kicker, but I do know Florida has a a really, really good – I mean, it's been one of the bright spots this season – uh, a very, very good place kicker. So if it comes down to that, I like their chances. Well, you know, you, we, again, you, in my nirvana, we have the eight-team playoff. In lieu of that, four is better than two. I'm going to look at the bright side. It's better to have four than two. 
Uh, I sent you an article yesterday. I know you're busy with the state championship game preparation. Get Read it when you get a chance. The NCAA president, by the way, is in favor of the 18 playoff. So now it's just a matter of getting the good old boys who control the purse strings to sign off on it because in the end that's always what this is about. People can go on and on. These guys aren't that dumb. They got a lot of PhDs sitting around. If two if two guys like us on the radio and a couple AP writers can come up with the 18 playoff idea and the five automatic berths, which is what the NCAA president is for, uh, these guys know that that will work. They just have, they have to figure out how to get their hands on the money the right way. So yeah, um, you know that um, said. You know. I'm sure they'll figure that out, Emil. Yeah, one way or another, they'll get that figured out. So no question I, about I'm it. I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure they'll figure that out. But that said, I think there's some nice you know, matchups to your team. About all this, you do know that, right? Four game, fourteen playoff, eighteen playoff, blah 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 blah. Get rankings out of this thing. Then we're talking. They shouldn't have. If uh, here's what I believe they should do it with rankings. By the way, we can go on a little tangent here. We don't have a lot of college football to talk about today. I think rankings should not come out because they're going to, in, our, in our system, if we go with the five automatics, the conference matters. The only thing rankings matter for is they're going to have a committee to name the three at-large teams because five are going to be automatic. So it doesn't matter. If you win your conference you're in, then they have three at-large. I don't think rankings should come out if we ever went to that system until November 1st. I think it's patently unfair to rank teams before the season because what happens by definition if you rank a team 25th, the perception is that's what they are, and it takes them so much further to move up into that top five or top three when, in fact, they haven't played a game yet. Who says they're 25th? Let them play seven or eight games, and then you can honestly rank them based on the current play this year, not what was coming back from the previous year or how they played in their bowl game or any of that crap. Yeah, um, well, you know, it be interesting to see if that even uh, goes down. For now, we're stuck with this four-team thing and uh, all of the crying that has come along with it. We're just uh, going to have to deal with it. You know, a lot of everyone's hopping on Ohio State, and, you know, I think that's going to be a little motivation for them as they go through uh, these playoffs. You know, no one thinks they belong there, thinks they should be there, wants them there. Truth of the matter is that Ohio State was one of two of the best teams in the Big Ten, and uh, probably deserves to be there as much as anyone else, save Alabama. We talked about this. Well, sure, sure. And you know what? Fans up here don't want to hear any part of it. The other best team in the Big Ten, based on the complete body of work, was Michigan. And again, I'm not saying Penn State is not a legitimate top ten team based on how they've played. They are. Um, I just think they better all get their heads screwed on straight, the players and the fan base, because if they show up in L.A. on January 2nd, worried about the four-team playoff, they're going to get dragged up and down the Rose Bowl field for 40 or for 60 minutes. So they just better show up, ready to play, worry about what's in front of you. That's all you can control. Yeah, that um, might happen anyway. Well, it just really might. They're going up against a USC team that's hitting on all cylinders. Have you seen the breaking news this morning, Emil? What's that now? The breaking news is Houston has chosen Lane Kiffin. If we're to believe the uh, reports from several outlets, it's that Lane Kiffin is going to be the new head coach at Houston. What are your thoughts on the former USC headman, now uh, headman in Houston? I think if he's going to ever get back to figuring out how to be a good head coach, and he did, you know, let's not, you know, I've killed him making fun of him, but Kiffin did some decent things at USC in terms of long-term program planning. Um, I don't like the way he managed games with his head in the in the playbook. To me, that's I don't you, think that's you, you hand. 
Yeah, that, that's got to change. But if it doesn't, he won't be successful. But he did do some good program things there. You know, when USC was facing uh, those sanctions when he came on, the first thing they did was appeal them, which gave them a couple of years, uh, and they took their bull ban up front. So what he did is he over-recruited the first two years and uh, really filled up classes. So he had a, a, some kids to play football when the, when the, when the sanctions kicked in because they were brutal. People don't realize going from 25 to 15 scholarships is one step above what SMU did. I mean, I mean that was horrible. To get back to where they are today, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of them. But Kiffin isn't that bad. He just needs to really learn how to manage a team on the field on game day and get his head out of the playbook, like you've always said. You're no longer the coordinator. You are the head coach. You have to game manage, hand that job off. If he does, I think he went to the right job. It's not a huge program in terms of stature, but it's a big enough program that if he cuts his teeth there and wins for a few years, he'll be back with the big boys again. Is it a win for Houston? Well, I thought the pool was light this year. I mean, I thought the biggest win, and maybe you disagree, we haven't talked about this. I thought the biggest win so far, uh, well, there's a couple of big wins. I shouldn't say the biggest win. I thought Baylor did really well poaching uh, the Temple coach. What is his name? Rue or Rule. He played for Penn State. I thought he did a great job at Temple, back-to-back 10-win seasons. I liked what they did. I loved, I mean, I loved what Oregon's stealing your guy down there, Taggart from South Florida. What do you think about that? I don't know, Emil. Uh, when I look at it from a recruiting perspective, uh, what's he what's he got there? You know what I mean? Um, he can't really bring kids from Florida in, in numbers. It's still a difficult thing to do. Uh, even when Oregon was in their heyday and uh, they, they had it all going, they had the full entertainment, they had the multiple uh, uniforms, and uh, everyone was talking Oregon, they still had a hard time getting players to stick from down here, and so what, what's his recruiting base? And uh, that, that's his, actually a very—I mean, I think as far as on the field coaching, I like what the guy's done. Now that's a very valid point. I mean, it's going to be hard to get kids from that South Florida area to want to go up to the corner of the country, no matter how much they like you. It's a completely different atmosphere up there. The weather's completely different. It's just—it's—it's it's different. Okay, so. Um, that, that's hard. I mean, let, let's face it. The only team that's had any success in the last 20 years to any degree of, of getting poaching kids from Florida out west is USC. That's it. And, and even yeah, that, and even if, if they're that, do, if, it's not in, yeah. it's not in uh, large numbers. They've grabbed a guy here and there. So, um, yeah. you know, we'll just have to see what he can do recruiting-wise. Um, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment on that. You know, I'm wishing the best for the guy, but – Sure. Uh, I'm going to have to reserve. You know, his, he he was in a hot seat there for a moment at USF before I things turned around. Oh, oh, I know. No, I know. And listen, he may be a situation where he's a really good coach and it may be the wrong fit. Um, no different than a strong. I don't think any less of Charlie Strong. I've ta- talked about that on other shows. I think he's still a good coach. I think he picked the, the wrong job. Now, let's loop back around here. You asked about Kiffin. Do I think it's a win for Houston? Given what I just laid out, and that's the reason I went into that, is I think the coaching pool this year was thin. So if you look at what's out there, those guys are off the board. You're Houston. You got the the head coach, the offensive coordinator from Alabama, who's probably going to win or is favored to win back-to-back national championships. I don't think it's a bad get for Houston. Do you? No. uh, Houston's probably a good job for Elaine Kiffin, probably where he should have started off. 
Um, so things kind of went in a reverse here, but that's probably the where he should have started off. And maybe that is where you find out and you learn um, that you shouldn't probably call plays and be the head coach. And, you know, while you're making that mistake, not a whole bunch of people are, uh, you know, going to care that much about it or be on top of it. But nevertheless, well, and here's the other thing, Chad, to your point, he goes down there. Okay, Houston does have a very fertile uh, recruiting footprint in that, you know, they're over there in that corner of Texas with Texas A&M. Um, you know, and A&M's got their own issues that, you know, will have to be addressed because, you know, they've had, you know, some real problems starting off fast. I think they've lost four out of five. He can, he can get enough players at Houston where when he makes mistakes, if they stay in the conference they're in, there's a chance that they'll win games even when he screws up based on talent alone. When he was at USC, that wasn't the case because of what we've talked about. They were under sanctions. They didn't have their normal talent base. They were in a, a, a probably the second-best conference over the long haul in college football. I mean, people are going to talk Big Ten this year. But in the last five to ten years, it's been SEC Pac-12. You're just not going to get away with with those mistakes that he made during games with the, with the, the, you know, the cards that were dealt to him at USC. So I think to your point, yeah, I mean, this might be the better job for him. And you know, maybe he'll maybe he'll change and he'll learn learn a few things like you know antagonizing fans and getting in Twitter fights. Like the president elect is probably not what you want to do when you're the head football coach, even if the president elect does do that. Yeah, uh, the hard part for him also. <laughs> I, too, is I couldn't resist Chad. Up. The Twitter thing, I can't resist. I'm sorry, it just cracked. Yeah, me I knew up. You, I knew you 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 were probably going to go somewhere there like that. Well, listen, the. Uh, the hard part for him also, too, is that he's following up Tom Herman and the job that he did there. So he is going to be compared to the job that was done by his predecessor, and um, that's the pressure that he's going to face. And so, you know, we'll just have to see what he's doing. But it, um, it it looks like he's the man for that job. So, you know, what's USF going to do? Well, let that's me ask you this. This is, this is why I was just going to take you. You have more sources than me. Is is it the, is PJ Flex staying at Western Michigan? It sure seems that way, doesn't it? His name hasn't been tossed around in anything. Um, he did say he wanted to focus on the bowl game and finish things out the proper way with uh, Western Michigan before he went about considering and uh, other jobs. And that's noble, but in this day and age, it kind of puts you out of the job market. You know, guys are trying to fill their spots now. So, well, you know, they're playing uh, on January 2nd, right? They have a January 2nd game against uh, Wisconsin, I think it is, or maybe January 3rd. I don't know the day of the game. But anyway, regardless, it's in early January. You know, it's hard for a program in this day and age to wait. You have signing day six weeks after that. I, I mean, you, you know, you're going to stand a chance that, you know, a class can... I believe that if he's considering a, another job, um, if he's even thinking about doing that, that he isn't going to be involved in some way, shape, or form in negotiations about said job in between now and January 2nd. Just just no way I believe that. Let me ask you this. Do you think South Florida is enough of a move for him? Because that's, that's a pretty no, fertile. I, yeah, I don't know. Is it sort of lateral? Might be, uh, considering what he's done. Personally, I don't consider it lateral. I don't consider going from the MAC conference out in the frozen tundra you know, to, to, to down to South Florida. I, I've always felt like South Florida could potentially be a sleeping giant someday. 
Perhaps. Um, you still are, you know, in terms of getting elite talent, you still have to deal with the big three in this state. So from that standpoint, you know, you may experience some frustration and you better know what you're doing down here. He has been successful in grabbing players from the state of Florida that should have gone to FAU and FIU. He's done that uh, in years past at Western Michigan. Now it's going to be something in reverse where you're trying to keep kids from going up north uh, and keep them at USF, the fourth school in the state. Right, or you employ a little bit of a different strategy, and you, you know, you you take your radius out west a little bit in the into some of the other southern states, and you keep, you know, you, you get a few kids here from Florida, a few kids there. There's enough talent in Louisiana, Alabama, and every place else. I mean, there's, you know, if you can coach, like we've always talked about, if you can coach and develop, and you grab, th- you know, quote unquote, three stars from those areas, you can turn them into five stars because those, you know, those high school rating systems are also money-making businesses, so they can't rate every kid in Florida a four- and five-star in California and Texas and, uh, you know, tell the poor bastard up in, uh, you know, Michigan that, you know, he's only got a couple of them. They have to pretend that it's, you know, evenly distributed throughout the country. Have you seen what the new – well, not new, but have you seen what LSU is going to pay their defensive coordinator in 2017, and do you happen to see that? I can only imagine. What? Give me the number. Lay it on. Out there. Throw it out there for me, Amy. Do you want me to throw it out there what it should be or what I honestly think LSU would do? What do you think LSU would do? Two and a half million. No. Well, that'd be outstanding, wouldn't it? No, they're not going that high because then you're almost rivaling the, the uh, salary of the, the head coach, Ed Ogeron. They're going to pay Dave Aranda $1.8 million in 2017. You, you make it like I was out of the ballpark completely. Two and a half million, one point eight million. Okay, That's I mean they're going to pay him figure. close to two million I mean, bucks. Come close to that. Previous to that, uh, the highest paid assistant was John Chavis at one point five five million. Aranda's new contract now will pass that as he again will get paid one point eight million in two thousand seventeen. I mean, why be a head coach at this point if they're throwing those kind of numbers around for a coordinator? You could have all the the headache. I'll just coordinate an office. He might be the he might be their emergency parachute that they want to keep there. Randa? <laughs> just in case Coach O turns out to be the same guy he was at Mississippi when he gets in charge. Oh, He's our well, emergency you know, parachute. What I do see uh, LSU doing here is the uh, you know this they're paying their head coach less. I think they're paying Ogeron less than they're paying less miles. And so with the money that they're saving, they're throwing it into trying to get the best assistance possible. Ogeron was still holding out hope that he could land Lane Kiffin. Apparently that's not going to happen with Kiffin now uh, heading to Houston. But uh, there's still a lot of money out there for an offensive coordinator. If he could find someone worth that kind of money. Last year, uh, LSU's pool for assistance was $5.7 million tops in the country, and it looks like that number is going to be even higher. They're just trying to get the best put the best staff together around Ogeron, which will certainly help, um, you know, add to the success or increase his chance of success over, you know, uh, what he was working with at an Ole Miss. Oh, yeah, but I never understood the whole notion that, he that uh, you know, all of a sudden he would want to go to LSU just because he's friends with the guy. I mean, you know, what sense does that make in his coaching career? Like, hey, Ed, I love you. You're a great guy. We're, you know, we can get together for dinner a few times a year, but – you know, I'm here at Alabama. We usually kick your ass. If I'm going to stay as an offensive coordinator, I'm going to stay at Alabama. Now I know LSU would throw on the, you know, the 
honorary title assistant head coach to make it, you know, not a lateral move, but it's essentially a, a lateral move to to a program that right now is is a notch below Alabama. Why would he do that? Well, there is this, and you know, you'll hear this from uh, several circles, is that it is no picnic working for Nick Saban, and at a certain point, um, you just want out of there. Yeah, winning is great, but they just it'll just wear you down. And only someone like Kirby Smart seemed to be able to stand it for an extended period of time. Most others, um, they have an expiration date they, the day they land on Saban's staff. Yeah, well, I believe that. I mean, Nick, I think Nick can really, you know, put the screws to a guy. So I could, I could, I could see where, I could see where that could be a big problem. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I just think, I just think Lane, if he was going to move, had to move to a head coaching job, and I think he actually. As far as career planning goes, did himself a solid here. At least he gives himself a fighting chance uh, going going to a you know a program like this. Uh, you know where, like you said, he can make a few mistakes. It won't be in the the public eye or as bright as it would have been if he was at a major Power Five conference. But no, I I think uh, I think LSU is doing exactly what you said they're doing. They're trying to surround the guy with some talent, and uh, they'll find somebody. Listen, LSU is a prestigious program. Uh, they'll get themselves a very good offensive coordinator, I'm sure, and then Coach O will have the pieces in place, and it'll be his job to manage it. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on that situation and see how it goes. There's some college bowls, and you talked about it, that have been put together. And uh, you know, it's time for us to just, on the surface, talk about some of the better college bowl matchups that are coming around. We'll do that when we come back from this short break. Stay with us. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.
back here on the Gridiron Stud Show weekend football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. We're doing it on a Thursday because some people have some things to do this weekend. Amelin, on that note, uh, I just want to let everybody know that we're taking off here today, heading up to Orlando to New Camping World Stadium, um, where we will be playing in the state championship game tomorrow, Class 5A American Heritage. Going to play Ponte Vedra High School. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. I've been trying Where to get it right. Where is that high school out of? St. Augustine, uh, Florida, which is uh, up there, way up there at the top of the state. You happen to be looking at a map, and you're the kind of guy that probably will break one out. But, yes, uh, in that area, near Tim Tebow okay. t- uh, territory. So, Hopefully Tebow doesn't uh, play for them. Is he going to play for them? No, he played He played for Nice. Hopefully we don't see uh, Tim Tebow in the game. It would be a little difficult for us. Um, so hopefully he does it. Make an appearance in the contest. Um, but nevertheless, uh, happy to be saying that. So that's why we've Yeah, it's great to be 5A. You guys have eight classes, right, down there? We do. We have eight classifications. wasn't always that way, but uh, that's where we are right now. Everyone moved down to Florida, and so – they brought their kids with them. As how big is like a do. class eight eight A school? Like, what? Are, how many kids are in grades nine through twelve generally? Would you say? Um, twenty five hundred, twenty somewhere around there. I want to say, but so six hundred per class usually. If you're in eight A, like how many kids are in your school nine through twelve? Yeah, uh, you know what? Somewhere around nineteen hundred. Okay, so yeah. Okay. I'm, we, I mean, yeah, we have some schools like around is in that, my area here, is like that. Roughly the same for, uh, is that roughly the the, the same in, in we, Pennsylvania? Yeah, we have six classes. So like a like a school near in my town that's the public school is uh, I think they're four A or five A right now. I forget four A, I want to say, and they have like maybe fourteen hundred, uh, nine through twelve. So yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that our six A schools. Uh, out in Philly and Pittsburgh are probably comparable to what your A A schools are. We just have you know two less classes, I guess. You know yeah, the, well, the, the I, ranges are probably that, wider. I went and looked this up for you, Emil. I went and took a look at this class five A, which we're in, uh, can be anywhere from eleven hundred and fifteen to fifteen hundred and ninety two students uh, in, okay. in in grades nine through twelve. In class eight A, okay. it's twenty three hundred roughly. To 4,492, and there's a school here called Cypress Bay where they do uh, reach that top number right there. Can you imagine that? 40, well, yeah, 4, it's a small college at that point. Lunch time must right? be great. What's that? Well, it's a small college, 4,492 students. I mean, that's a, that's a, a you know Division three university <laughs> as far as size yeah, of school. When I hear that kind of number for a high school, two things come to mind: lunchtime and then pick up and drop off got to be on an amazing event don't be in a yeah, hurry anyway. yeah no don't be in a hurry no no well that's great i mean you guys uh you guys have had a phenomenal year you played a hard schedule i i try to keep track of it through you and on uh, max preps and stuff like that you guys have played a very difficult schedule so uh, you earned your way here and this uh hopefully you put the cherry on the sunday uh when you get in this game yeah, tomorrow that night is, uh, that is the plan try to complete this it would be the first undefeated uh team ever in the school's history, so uh, a lot on the line here. Um, American Heritage has won two of the last three state championships in Class 5A. We didn't make it last year, but we're back again, and hopefully um, you know, we can seal the deal. All right, let's talk about some college football and some bowl games. 
uh, that are coming up. You did mention that they, these things get started on, you said the 17th. The 17th, the, the game I'm kind of interested in, and I, I'm going to have to handicap this when we get closer to making our picks for some of these games. But on the surface, that Houston San Diego State game kind of looks like an effort game to me. I I just can't imagine Houston going to Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Bowl and giving a damn when they just lost their coach uh, and San Diego State's ability to run the football on the surface unless I find something else. I mean, boy, man, San Diego State getting points in that game looks interesting to me. It does. Um, yeah, and for those same reasons, I know what that's like when there's nothing to play for and then you start playing a physical football team. Your desire to play the game can uh, can evaporate rather quickly. Looking at some of these other uh, games, Appalachian State versus Toledo. Now, I want to have a year, one year, and I did, this year doesn't look like it's going to be it. Maybe next year, but I do want to have uh, a year where I watch every last one of these bowl games. At least get a quarter or a half out of each one of these bowl games. Granted, some of these things get out of control pretty fast, and it's difficult to watch. So you know, but like that's a pretty good game. Sport. I mean, you're not saying that tongue in cheek, are you? That's a pretty good game. I mean, I mean, I know no, it not doesn't in, have the not, not in the direction of this particular game, but yeah. you know, a game like this when you're talking about uh, in terms of the reputation, shall I say? Probably not the proper word to use there, but uh, these aren't two name, big names. Name cachet. This game doesn't have yeah, name cachet. Name cachet. They yeah. don't have the name cachet, and let's, you know, the, if this game gets out of hand um, and it's a 21-point lead for anyone, difficult to watch App State and Toledo when that happens. Um, so I think it's, yeah, I think I this, want- this has the potential to be a sleeper of a good game. I mean, you got two 9-3 and three teams come in here. Uh, Appalachian State we've talked about throughout the season. You can't sleep on them. They're a pretty good football team, and Toledo's been a good team for a number of years from the MAC. Um, and the line even indicates that this is a pretty even game. I mean, it's a one-point spread right now. I think this has potential to be a decent game. Off the top of your head, uh, and this might require you to us to go through a few more games before you could pull this off the top of your head, but what's the, what's the best non-name cachet bowl game that you can remember watching? I have one off the top of my head. But we're not talking rose sugar, something like that, that involves your, you know, your your name brand teams. Oh, geez, Can I'd have remember? to make something up. You tell me. I have no idea. You, you, to be honest, back in the day when I first met you, you were much better because you have such an interest in watching plays and film of watching games like that than I was. I've kind, I've kind of grown into that, like a taste for for bourbon. Okay, <laughs> to watching some yeah, of these non name games. Yeah, I remember Amol, and you probably remember it. Also, a bowl game involving Marshall and East Carolina. Marshall's quarterback was Byron Lefwich. And uh, this game went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And trust me, I didn't want to watch Marshall versus East Carolina. But there I was. And as much as I wanted to get away from the game, I couldn't because there was just so much drama and back and forth. Uh, It may still be the highest scoring. I'll have to check on that. Uh, one of or the highest scoring bowl game that there ever has been. And I just remember that one. I don't remember what bowl game it was, but while I'm sitting here. It was like one of those movies that you probably turned on. You know, you're flipping the channels, you're bored on a certain afternoon. It's whatever, it's raining down there. And you start flipping channels and, you you, you know, you find a movie, you start watching it. It's not a good movie, but you get caught up in the fact that 
something's happening that you want to find out what happens at the end of the movie. And before you know it, two hours are gone by. You watch this C movie just to see what happens at the end, and that's kind of probably what happened to you that day. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, I love this Internet era that we live in. What a time to be alive. I punch it in, and here I get my answer. Um, here are the top most scoringest bowl games uh, of all time, and it's uh, and this one here is the one I'm talking about. 2001 GMAC Bowl, Marshall 64, East Carolina 61. Um, it, it you know it was a hell of a game, Amel, and it just I do remember was... I do remember the game because of the, the the scoring, both teams in the 60s. No overtime, by the way, right? That was just straight up 64, no, 61. Yeah, I slap you, you slap me. Here's some others that were high scoring. You had the Alamo Bowl that same year, 67 for Baylor, 56 for Washington. Uh, There was a 2012 Orange Bowl, which I did attend in person and watch this um, personally. It was West Virginia, 70, Clemson, 33. Um, You've had a a Hawaii Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, I was there and watched that and couldn't, you know, I had a hard time understanding what the hell's going on with Clemson. Right here. And it's just amazing to have seen that Clemson team at that time have that happen to them and then see where they are now as a program. Sure. Because you weren't so sure at that time that they would get to where they are now. Uh, Some other ones, Hawaii 54, Houston 48, 2003 Hawaii Bowl, uh, Insight Bowl 2003, Cal 52, Virginia Tech 49. So there have been some high-scoring bowl games um out there i do remember this motor city bowl for some reason in 2007 purdue 51 central michigan 48 so we'll see if we have some games like that this year i wonder if we'll have not really my cup not really my cup of tea when they totally stop playing defense and i feel like they've gone to a seven on seven drill that kind of uh, usually what happens to me is you know i lose interest i i need to see a few punts if i don't know the punter's name by the third quarter <laughs> i usually get bored you need to see some punts if punts excite you no, but actually the other team putting up some resistance excites me, and then therefore that results in a punt. You know, these early bowl games that don't have much tied into it, uh, it's very difficult for defense to, to take center stage. I think it's just all about points and entertainment, and um, I think you can expect that again this year. There will be a lot of high-scoring games early on in the bowl season, and uh, will, you know, a guy like yourself will just have to stomach it. Down a few Let me bourbons. take the lead on this. I have I have some different games to bounce off you as we we'll go through some of these quick because there's a lot of them. Uh, the 21st of December, I see what I find to be an interesting game. Uh, BYU. It's it's a lone game that day. It's at nine o'clock at night, playing Wyoming. I think that's actually a decent bowl game. I like it. Oddsmakers have BYU at a big eight and a half. I think they're uh, they're sizing up Wyoming here. Uh, and in the early going, I kind of like Wyoming getting all these points. Um, they're underestimated football team, and you know they haven't done much. So um, the name brand thing. And I, I think, think the is, game. Here's the other thing. I think the game will, by and large, from a preparation standpoint, mean more to a Wyoming. I mean, for them, you know, playing the point set of bowl might be a thrill. It's not like Wyoming is in a bowl game every year, year in year out. I'm not sure, preparation wise, how jacked up during the week BYU is to play in this game. Therefore, I'm not sure they put in the necessary preparation to what would need to be a blowout win for them to cover. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And that is a game I'm looking forward to. I like what Wyoming's been able to do. Uh, I happen to know a kid uh, that plays for Wyoming, so I'll definitely be tuning into that game. 
chuckle on this one. This is just an old school East Coast game, and that's the only reason it interests me. These two teams, uh, kind of back in the day, you know, we're on Penn State schedule all the time. But Maryland uh, from the Big uh, Ten is playing Boston College from the ACC in a game, and you know they're two average teams. I mean, both six and six should be fairly matched. I, I, I just for me, Emil. Yeah, is that Big a See, I, that, I think that's more of where I am in the country. That whole day of games, by the way, is completely. If you know, if you're not someone like I mean, me who's got some East I Coast, I see the gas coming boring. off. I, the gas coming off of the screen with NC State and Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah, you're, no, that you game. Know, look, anyone no. our age could remember this, but you remember, uh, you remember the old Batman, and I'm talking Adam West Batman, and mm-hmm. uh, how he didn't want people. To <laughs> Oh, he wouldn't want to see. He wouldn't want someone to see where the Batcave was. So when they sat in a Batmobile, he'd put this spray in front of their face, and it'd fall straight to sleep. That's yep, in yep, yep. Vanderbilt for me right now. Yeah, well, I tell um, you what, that's a, that's a game. It's a degenerate game. My only suggestion for anybody is it's going to be late uh, the day after Christmas, which is a Monday. You can have some dinner, take the under, and then lay on your couch, fall asleep, and just wake up in the fourth quarter and see that you're going to win. Because I don't know. They're going to put that under 29 and a half, Emil, just No, you. it's 44. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the screen trying to envision how these two teams can get to 44 points between them. I don't know. Maryland's had some uh, explosive football games this season. No, I'm talking about Vanderbilt and NC State. Oh, them two guys. Hey, listen. No, no, no. You've got things messed up, man. You better take a look at Vanderbilt again, my friend. This is a team that went and put 45 up on Tennessee the week after they put up 38 on Mississippi. This ain't your granddaddy oh, Vanderbilt okay. anymore. I think, I, think, I think Mississippi and Tennessee were checked out at that point. I'm looking at the rest of Vanderbilt's schedule. Uh, they you did know. struggle to get he, points here and there, but SEC football. Well, with we'll those two numbers you just laid out, they just scored 83 points in their last two games and still only ended up averaging 23 points a game. You know, Emil, the way the bowl season works, that'll be this game that's forty-three to forty-one. That's kind of how these. Oh, I know you'll down. be you'll be busting on. my chops like? that that day. You'll be killing me on that. You'll be like, "Hey, what were you saying? You know, the I score was going to be in that." Yeah, I'll be like, "I can't wait for our next show and to drag my man Emil on who thought it was going to be nine to six. What else you liking? Okay, here's a sleeper you for you. West this is a game Miami, that you right. Wait, I didn't get to that one yet. We'll move it along here, my friend. Well, we're not, though, because there's a game that you and I grew up watching, which was always one of the most entertaining bowl games. And I think, frankly, they got themselves a good matchup this year. Uh, the Holiday Bowl has Washington State at 8-4 and four, playing Minnesota 8-4. and four. That game's usually a game with tons of fireworks. It is. I always love the Holiday Bowl. I don't like Minnesota being in it. They just don't fit with Holiday for me. But uh, anytime you can get Mike Leach in a bowl game where things just don't matter, you just don't know what you're going to get. Uh, uh, this guy will go for it on fourth and 20 from his own five. Um, and yep. he'll just do quirky things that will entertain you. I I think you that's a game, if you're doing nothing that that night, uh, that's probably one to circle if you're just a football fan. I bet you that's a decent ball game. Seriously. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll just have to see about that. Like I said, you know, they'll, you know, Mike Leach will entertain us. They've got a 10 15 start time on a bowl game, Emil. Do you see that? Boise State and Baylor? That's probably a good time to start that game because I can't imagine Baylor being very interested there. I, I really can't. 
No, and they're a seven and a half point underdog. This they've fallen so far. All right, let's keep sliding along on these. Okay, let's go down, and then you know the the, the next day presents us with a couple decent games. One is in Yankee Stadium. They've started this a few years ago. The Pinstripe Bowl on December twenty eighth. There's a chance you can have rain. There's a chance you can have snow. There's a chance it could be fifty and sunny. You just don't know this part of the country that time of the year. You've got Pitt, who owns wins over Penn State and Clemson, two top five teams right now playing Northwestern, who is just always a giant pain in the ass because they're prepared usually and they play hard. Yeah, uh, and and I kind of like that matchup. Uh, Pitt's done some good things yeah. this season. I think, it's, I think it's a bowl game that they're going to play hard in, uh, have an interest in doing. They're trying to build a program there. They want some momentum into the next year. And then uh, Northwestern, you just never know what you're going to get. I'm, I'm, this six and six is a disappointment given the hype uh, Northwestern had going into the season. But I too think uh, they'll play hard in this bowl game. So it's always great when you get two teams that care about this bowl game. And I think that's what you have here. Yes, I do. And then the next one's very interesting to me, and actually was one of the, as you were saying before, you know, these two programs have name cachet, but one of the, let's say, off-brand bowl games. Um, where I think it, it could turn out to be a, a very interesting game is the uh, you know the Russell Athletic Bowl pits your Miami Hurricanes, who are early listed as a three and a half point favorite right now, against the West Virginia Mountaineers, who are ten and two. Uh, definitely a, a matchup that I like. Um, you know, ever there's much speculation about you know what who Miami would have. I don't understand why the Hurricanes aren't ranked. At eight and four, I don't know what the deal is there, but you know that it, it is what it is. But West Virginia comes in with uh, you know a high-powered offense as they always do, and they were one of the few teams in the Big Twelve that played some kind of defense, so they have a decent balance there. It's going to be a good challenge for the Hurricanes. I'm anxious to see that defense against that offense, and I do like the way the Canes closed out the season. Um, it was man. It, talk about evenly distributed season. You go four and zero, oh, you, you then you end up four and four, then you end up eight and four. So um, I want to see if the momentum that the Canes had finishing out the season can be carried into the bowl game. Because uh, for a program like this, where we are right now at the University of Miami, um, bowl wins mean something, and carrying that into the next season means something. So um, you're going to get well, the I'm best of Miami. Well, I'm going to say something here. I think I think in this particular matchup. Um, first of all, it draws you back to your days in the Big East, right? Miami, West Virginia. Sure. Um, it was an annual, uh, an annual thing to play West Virginia. I think Miami will really play this game well. Um, they understand, as you just said. See, I, a lot of people always say, "Oh well, the bowl game doesn't matter." Blah 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 blah. Listen, only if four teams get to play for the championship anyway. I've always been a firm believer that I think when you step on the field, it should matter. And I think a lot of programs make mistakes, namely my program. I'm going to cite an example. Last year, I think Clay Helton made a rookie mistake. They they had lost the Pac-12 championship game. They had, whatever, 15 bowl practices. He only used eight of them because the team was banged up. They went in shorts and shells and a lot of them. It was a very – basically, he did an effort. He said, I'm not going to get my players injured. We had a long year, blah, blah, blah. They were just coming back from sanctions. They went and played Wisconsin in a bowl game. On sheer talent, they hung in the game, lost on a last-second field goal, 23-21. I think it hurt them. I think it hurt them starting the season. I think you can really build momentum in a program by, by, by playing well in your bowl game. And I think Miami sees that. I think Rick understands that. And I expect them to be ready to play this game. 
Yeah, um, I do too. Um, that, that the importance here is, uh, you know, is it more important in West Virginia? I'm not sure. I just happen to know that it's important for the University of Miami. Well, I think my, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I know West Virginia comes in here 10-2, and two, and I'm not going to make a pick yet. I might not even pick this game. I mean, it's, it's a tough ball game. But I would say on paper, Miami's got more talent than West Virginia. So, and that's kind of reflected, I'm guessing, a little bit in that line. I mean, you know, I know that Miami's a public program. Part of that is, you know, they get money on them. But at the end of the day, I think that the odds makers understand that if you go player for player, I think Miami's got a better roster than West Virginia. That doesn't mean they'll play out that way on the field. So uh, I, I don't think it matters how important it is for West Virginia. I think if Miami executes, they can win this football game and, and maybe win it easily. Uh, perhaps. Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see on that. I, I, yeah, I, do, I do feel like there's more talent at the University of Miami, a lot of young talent too. So um, that's the best part about these bowl games is that you get those extra practices for those freshmen and those guys that are going to be starting next year. So, We'll just have to see. You understand that my point, though. Don't you think that there's errors made in in judgment? I know that you've played in bowl games where you guys you, you didn't care, but don't you think in certain situations, and the one I cited, I thought that really hurt my team starting off this year. I think you springboard into the next season if you can win a bowl game if you're at a certain point in your program. I mean, for an Alabama, you know, they either want to play for all the marbles and and or not, and I understand that, and that's probably not going to affect them the following year. But I think a, a program like USC was last year coming back from sanctions, it would have been nice to get a bowl win. I think for Miami this year it will be nice to get a bowl win and help them starting off in September next year coming up it, with that good feeling that the last time they were on a football field they won a game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in some cases, too, it, uh, it does uh, – getting beat up in a bowl game does motivate a team going into the next season. But by and large, I'm with you on that. Um, these things do carry over into the next season, so it's better to get that bowl win than to than to not get it. So uh, we'll have to see how this one goes. We're going to have to leave it there at that. We continue to previews on the bowl matchups um, on Monday because we don't have any games coming up there. We won't be previewing any or, or you know, recapping anything that happened this weekend. So uh, we'll continue to bowl previews uh, when we get back together on Monday. For now, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, it's NFL time. We're going to have some picks, and we're going to do some uh, fantasy football focus. We'll do that when we return on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. time of year now is the time to get free health insurance for you and your loved ones primary care insurance is now enrolling individuals into their obamacare insurance plans 
So call today, 954-278-8696. That's correct, free health insurance. Obamacare is now available from November 1st to January 31st. So it's urgent that you call 954-278-8696. Tell them you heard it on the Gridiron Stud Show. Open enrollment only comes once a year. This means that the government is willing to pay for your health insurance needs. So don't miss out on your opportunity. The time to get free health insurance for you and your family is now. Please call 954-278-8696 or visit their website, OptimumNationalInsurance.com. That's OptimumNationalInsurance.com. All right, full slate of NFL games this weekend. Starting off tonight, Emil. This is a big one. Been doing this is, the bi- this is probably the biggest game of the weekend. Week. It happens to be tonight. It's the biggest game of the weekend. Yeah, how about that? Um, you know, they were talking about terminating the uh, Thursday night games, but here they are with, uh, it looks like, back-to-back goodies. Uh, I have a pick on this game. I don't know if you have an opinion on it, so I'll, I'll reserve my uh, thoughts. Till, uh, uh, you end. know, boy, we, we do some, you know, sometimes you and I just really, I, we're, we have to apologize to the listeners. We just F this up because we purposely don't talk about our picks, and I have a pick on the game as well, so we can just skip it till the pick section, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, um, I also have a pick on the next one that's on the docket, Steelers and Bills. So if you've got a, a thought on that, no, I don't. On. You know, I'm surprised you're picking that. I want to hear this pick. Um, two schools of thought for me here is that the Steelers seem to be getting hot, but then again, they're the kind of team that even when they're when they have really good teams, they seem to play down to their competition and play up accordingly. If you look at their two best performances this year. They played very well in the loss to my Cowboys, where they, you know, the Cowboys 11 and one. That was one of the best games of the season. They played very well against the Giant team that was on a five or six game winning streak. Yet they'll they'll throw clunkers in in games like this. So I, I want to hear where you go with this. I have no idea where you're coming from. The Bills coming off a disappointing loss uh, to Oakland last week, so we'll see. Yeah, well, if you know us, uh, and I insist that this is bad radio, so we're not going to go marching through all of these games and give you our opinions on each one of them. Um, if I'm going to slide through here, and if there's a game you think we should pay attention to, you let me know. I see the Broncos and the Titans, kind of a must-winner for the uh, for the Titans. They can't afford to really go losing games sitting there at 6-6. Six and six. Um, you Well, know, wait a second. Sure it's a must-win for both teams, buddy. I mean, Denver's yeah. sitting in third Broncos place in the AFC West. Uh, division, yeah, no doubt. So, um, yeah. it's... It's obvious that the wild card's not going to come out of the AFC South. So the Titans, you're either winning that division or uh, you're not going to the playoffs, which would yeah be a tragic. Well, this game's a problem for Denver, by the way. The, the quarterback's banged up. He may play, he may not. Um, if not, they're going to go with the rookie, Paxton Lynch, who's looked every bit the part of a rookie last week, uh, completing 50% of his passes only. Uh, you know, I forget what they threw the ball for. They think I think they had 100 yards passing. He was 12 of 24. Um, they don't stop the run well, and you know they got a Titans team coming off uh, a bye with a you know a quarterback who's flown under the radar in uh, Marcus Mariota, who's had a great year and, and a big time running back. Uh, Demarco Murray's been rejuvenated there, second in the league in rushing. I mean, this is a tough matchup for Denver. Yeah, um, and it, it's and it's going to continue to get tougher. Emil, I don't think Denver makes the playoffs, so um, you know this this may be a weekend where that is driven home. So uh, don't don't like it for them. A uh, couple of big games at the bottom of the docket: Seahawks and Packers. Um, nothing like having the Seahawks come to town, and it's a game you must win if you're Green Bay. But 
Um, it's that's the situation that's been set up, and the Seahawks just look like they were rolling on Monday night. Do you think they've got enough juice to go into Green Bay and beat what's going to be a super motivated Green Bay Packers team? I almost made this a pick. I really did. I wanted to take Green Bay. I, I, I'm refraining. I found a few that I like a little bit better. Um, a couple things here. One, Seattle's on a short week. Two, from a contrarian point of view, we tend to, we tend to as, as fans, remember the last bit of information we got, which was Seattle 40, Carolina 7. But that typically hasn't been the Seattle offense most of the year. So I think that their offense is something that Green Bay can kind of slow down because Green Bay's big weakness has been, but they've just been eviscerated some games defensively. And then the one thing that concerns me for, for Seattle this game is Aaron Rodgers is still a great quarterback. As much as we've said he needs to make some adjustments in his game, he's going to look at whoever is playing for Earl Thomas and don't discount how big of a loss Earl Thomas is. He is going to find that hole, I think, and keep throwing the ball there until Seattle shows that they can stop it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that's, you know, you got to wonder what, what the Seattle will do to kind of uh, protect the replacement. But, you know, that will be the cat and mouse game that we'll have to watch. Your Cowboys are in a big one uh, on Sunday night. That's a, that's a, that's, I mean, you said KC and Oakland's the biggest game of the weekend. I think this is the biggest game of the weekend. Giants are the only team to put an L on the Cowboys schedule. Can Dallas get their get back in this one? Well, it is a big game in that sense, but here's here's the deal. I mean, sure, the Cowboys want to avenge that opening one season one point loss. Let's hypothetically play it out. They lose the game. They're eleven and two. The Giants are nine and four. They've got a two game lead with three to play. They're still in first place by a game and a half for home field on top of it. Even if they lose, that is, and Seattle wins. So basically, they'd have to have an an utter collapse to not have the number one seed in the NFC. Could it happen? Sure, but. Losing twice to the Giants, while they don't want it, the last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl in 1995 season, 96 Super Bowl, they lost both games to the Redskins that year. The Redskins won five games. In the NFL, I don't know. I think the KC game is bigger. Pulling out, the, pulling out the history on us, and then we've got a good one on Monday night when the Ravens take on uh, the Patriots. I don't know if I like That's a Patriots. big game. Now, now there's a game that, that you said, I think that game's bigger than the Cowboys game, and I'll tell you why. We don't know the results, obviously, of tonight's game. The Patriots trail the Raiders in tiebreakers for the number one seed. So if the Raiders win, the Patriots definitely need to win. And then you got the Ravens and the Steelers in a battle for first place in that North division. They're tied at 7-5. and five. Now, to me, this game has major ramifications for either team if they lose the game. So, I mean, I think this is a, maybe even a bigger game than Raiders Chiefs because the Raiders Chiefs are both going to be in the playoffs. True. Um, so yeah, it may end up being that that you know big a game. I don't know. I don't. I don't like the Patriots as a seven point favorite in this one. It's not an official pick. I just. I don't know. I've been. I've been saying. I just think something's off with New England. Um, if the I tell you what, if the Ravens show have could show me a little more consistency running the football where I, I thought that they could hurt New England that way, I'd be, I, I would be very tempted to make this a pick. But sometimes that Ravens offense has a tendency to just go dormant. Like, you know, we, we're going to all remember, again, the 38 points they scored last week, drubbing the Dolphins. But that's normally not the Ravens offense. And if, if they go up to New England 
and they only put up, say, 16 points, it's tough to cover that number because as good as their defense is, you got to figure New England to do similar to what Dallas did and eventually wear down Baltimore and put up 24 or 27 points. That's my concern taking the Ravens. I just don't trust their offense. Yeah, well, I, I certainly hear you on that. So we've got a number of really good games coming up on uh, coming up on our uh, this weekend that we have here. So, you know, between the Ravens and Patriots, Cowboys and Giants and Seahawks and Packers, you've got some good stuff coming your way here. Redskins and Eagles, somebody's going to be done. Well, I think the Eagles are done. Uh, they're finished. The but, Eagles, uh, the Eagles, and the Eagles are toast. And I, I see no. I don't know if what you're looking at, but right now I can't get a line on the site I'm on for this game. I don't know if there's an injury that I don't. I'm unaware of at this point. Um, assuming Kirk Cousins is not the injured person, which I don't think he is, uh, I don't see the Redskins losing this game. I think the Eagles might be toast. I think Carson Wentz is really starting to come back to earth as a rookie. You're seeing him make the rookie mistakes. Not, not the, the throwing motion has been questioned. It's very long. It takes him a long time to uncork that thing. Teams are catching up on that stuff. Uh, I just don't see the Redskins losing this game. It's a must-win for them. Yeah, on that note, let's slide over to the fantasy, and we'll save the picks for the end, but let's slide on over to the fantasy football focus sponsored by FanDuel. Folks, if you uh, are if you haven't head over to FanDuel right now and opened up yourself an account with Daily Fantasy Sports, what are you waiting on? It's right there for you. Um, you know, it doesn't cost you much to get into these games. A dollar could bring you back ten thousand dollars. How about that? And, you know, you folks that keep playing the lotto, hoping for the eight million. Good luck with that one. Let me know if it ever happens for you. But over there at FanDuel, um, a little bit can turn into a lot, and you can take your knowledge of sports. And uh, the NFL in general, because we're all geniuses out there, aren't we? When it comes to the NFL, Amon, we're all geniuses. So, you know, you can take We are genius. all geniuses. We're all geniuses yeah, until they kick all, it off on, on Sunday. Especially on Monday morning, <laughs> yeah. right? Have you, have you seen yeah. more geniuses than on Monday morning? No, we're all geniuses once, once they play the games. It just seems that when the NFL is very difficult. We always talk about that. It's just, it's just yeah, it's so, so hard, these, you know. Take your take your Thursday and Friday genius and take it over to FanDuel.com. Open up yourself an account and play against all of the other geniuses. Now, if you're not if you realize that you're not that big of a genius, you can still get on there. There are games for beginners, um, but if you're a big time big big brain genius, you can uh, jump in there in some of the elite contests where, like I said, for five dollars, um, you could join in and have a chance at a five million dollar grand prize. And so. Who could say no to that? So head over to FanDuel.com right now. Put Gridiron Studs in as the promo code and get yourself a nice bonus to get started. All right, Emil, I've been good, creeping up way, on you. By the way, good story for FanDuel, right. just to pump up FanDuel a little true story. My son-in-law's friend, true story now, good friend, not like I, I met the guy in a hallway somewhere. Good friend won $1 million on FanDuel a couple of years ago in the Masters golf tournament picking. I, I forget how they do it if you pick three or five guys. Anyway, whatever he had to do, the guy won a million bucks. Yeah, so see there, see what could happen. Turn that knowledge into something big time. All right, as I was saying, I'm starting to creep up on you on this thing. You jumped out three nothing on me, and now we're sitting here at four and five. Emil, this is a must win. It's a must win for you. I think we went dead here. Good time for me to lose him. Uh, Emil has fallen off. <laughs> he, he'll come back on here in a minute. So. Um, and we'll see if we can get him going. I'm going to just talk about what I'm going to do here, and I, I'm sure he'll eventually get back on here with us as Emil has fallen off. But um, 
Uh, last week, uh, we, we had an interesting contest. We didn't score um, a whole bunch between he and I, but um, I ended up winning this thing 37. Well, let me not say that. I did I did decent last week. I scored 37 points in this contest. Outscored him 37 to 20. And what we do each week is Amal and I are will pick a running back, a quarterback, and a wide receiver. And we do have a we, we do have give ourselves a limit of twenty one thousand um, dollars, and it will allow us to 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 get back on. All right, we're experiencing a little bit of technical difficulty. Let me see if I could take care of this real quick. We'll be right back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Yesterday, just far too many problems with Blog Talk Radio. I am actively looking for another platform for our great show here. All right, nevertheless, okay. uh, I gave the folks the rundown as to how this thing works. Each one of us are going to pick three players, a quarterback, a running back, wide receiver. $21,000 is our limit, and uh, we are using the salaries as they are shown on FanDuel.com. Why don't you go first? Why don't we go well, you know, why don't we go player for player? You go, and then I go, and we'll just do it like that this okay. week. Okay. Well, my quarterback this week, you know, again, within the platform here, I'm trying to fit them under the cap. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak in uh, Jameis Winston from Tampa Bay. They come home. The Bucks have been on an incredible run slowly, surely, and, uh, you know, he's turning them into winners. They've won four games in a row quietly. Some NFL fans don't realize that. And to town come the New Orleans Saints, allowing a ton of passing yards, and 28 points a game, that seems like a good formula for Jameis to throw two, three touchdown passes, 250, 300 yards, and get some big points for me. So I'm in a roll with Jameis Winston, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. Yeah, you know, he's been pretty consistent. I don't think folks really, really realize that. But at 7-5, and five, um, he's been the one that's spearheaded. And he's been using the great um, ability that he has to – be a leader you know there were all sorts of questions about him coming into the league but he's been nothing short of a great leader for them he and Marcus Mariota are really playing very very well right now and you know the reason I bring them both up is they are part of that same class so doing a good job there my quarterback this week is going to be Kirk Cousins you know Washington is fighting for their playoff lives they're coming off of the loss against the Arizona Cardinals an inexplicable loss to the Arizona Cardinals um, and they're playing a Philadelphia Eagles team that, as we both agreed, is probably done. This is a great spot for Washington to play big. And if they're going to play big, I think Kirk Cousins has to be a big part of that. So I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins um, to uh, get the ball around and get some points put up and get some yardage. And I think it'll be a big weekend for Kirk Cousins. Oh, that makes sense. A good pick there. Good pick. Now, this is where it gets tricky, you know, fitting in all these guys under the cap. So I have to look for a running back, and I'm going to roll with the the Detroit Lions, Theo Riddick, he's scoring about 13, 14 points a game for a season. Um, I think I think they're going to give him the ball. 
I think they're actually going to, you know, feed him a little bit. The Bears are coming to town. The Bears really don't seem like they're going to be that interested. They got their win for the month last last week against uh, San Francisco in a game that probably, I don't know, if anybody watched that, you definitely need help. You're a degenerate. Uh, I'm rolling with Riddick. I think he's going to go off this week, catch a few balls, score a touchdown or two, and, uh, you know, I'm, get, I'm only paying 6300 for him, which in, the ter- in term of, uh, terms of running backs, that's probably not too, too much. Yeah, you know, I went through the, the running back choices this week, and I wasn't too enamored. Um, you know, if you want Johnson from Arizona, you're going to pay through the nose, and I think he's getting to the point where he's probably costing too much. That's $9,700. Le'Veon Bell's always going to cost you a pretty penny at nine grand. Can't really go picking Le'Veon Bell with the kind of restrictions that we have. I love Ezekiel Elliott, but the New York Giants, I think this is, could end up being a tough game, and you're going to pay 8500 for him. Love LaShawn McCoy, but um, I don't know. Did he did he give you too much last week? And Melvin Gordon up and down. So I, I went – I went on the bargain side with the running back as well. I'm looking at Minnesota. They need wins. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, everyone's favorite team to get right against. And uh, with that, I think they got to hand some balls off and get a running game going. And I, I'm going to go with Asiata from, from uh, Minnesota. Ooh, you know, all I really need this pick. guy to do is punch the ball in once or twice. He didn't even have to get – he's not going to get 100 yards. It's just not his cup of tea. But if he can catch a pass and get in the end zone and get 50 yards or – run it in and get a couple of receptions out the backfield. I think I can get the kind of coin out of him that I need. That makes sense. No, I, I can see that one. That's a good sleeper. Uh, let's roll with the receivers here. Now I had to fit this under the cap, and I have a guy that, you know, I've been wanting this guy to really – he catches balls, he gets yards, but some he, for some reason he hasn't found the end zone. I think this guy's going to find one or two catches underneath where in the red zone he scores on Sunday night football, and I'm going with Cole Beasley. Um, the Giants won't have JPP in this game. Uh, Dallas should be able to give Dak plenty of time. Well, you know, even with him in there, I thought they'd give him time. But without him, I think it's going to be hard for the Giants to generate as much pressure without blitzing. If they do blitz, I see the Giants focusing on a guy like Des Bryant and leaving this guy one-on-one in that slot where he catches those little eight-yard passes and turns them into 15- and 20-yard gains. So I'm going to go with Cole Beasley. Yeah, um, he's always a, you know, an exciting pick to make because he might go off. Um, you just never really know what's going to happen with Cole Beasley. So uh, I think a lot of focus will be on Dez and the higher the higher named targets for the Cowboys. Um, and there there is an opportunity for Beasley to get loose there. I'm going with T.Y. Hilton. This is a divisional game this week against the Texans. Last time these two met uh, in October. He was held to three receptions in the game. I am fairly certain that a big part of Indianapolis's game plan in this divisional game is that they've got to find a way to uh, get T.Y. loose. I just don't remember too many times um, where the Texans have uh, been able to hold down T.Y. Hilton twice in the same season. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm liking him. Um, in this game because just simply off of what happened in the first meeting between these two. So he had a mere three receptions for 49 yards in, in the first contest last year. You know, they, they held him to three receptions. I mean, you think game. about Tennessee, if you, if you look at this game with Houston, I mean, Luck's got hot. Luck got hot against the Jets this week, but he's been ready to go off. I mean, all year it seems like Luck's just been a little bit off. And Monday night, I mean, granted it was the Jets. He looked really good. 
this is a big game for them, and you, you got to think he's going to be looking for his favorite target. So I like where you're coming from there. I mean, you know, T.Y. Hilton's kind of his guy there. So. Yeah. So we'll uh, hopefully that works out for for me for your for for us and see if I can creep up on you and tie this whole thing up and bring a little drama to it. All right. We are short on time here, so let's go through these NFL selections. I'll go first since you had that big weekend last week, so I'll see how I'm, see how I'm going to fight back. I'm going to start off with tonight's game, and uh, that is Kansas City and Oakland. Man, you got to love what Oakland has been doing as of late. They're uh, you know they fall behind in games, they come back and and uh, win them anyway. They'll jump out on people. They're doing all kind of great things, and Oakland Raiders football is seriously hot right now. But tonight. They're in a big game on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs team that quietly is playing really good football, too. We've got 10-2 and two versus 9-3. and three. I'm going to back the home team. It is difficult to win in Arrowhead Stadium. It's difficult to win in Kansas City. It's difficult to win in this region in December. And here we are with a night game at Kansas City between two of the top teams in this division. I'm going to just simply back the home team here. I think Kansas City handles their own business takes care of their backyard, and they're only three-point favorites in this game. Um, so I'm going to back the Chiefs as a field Chiefs goal favorite. Chiefs minus three. Time. Okay. Who's next on this uh, docket for you? We talked about the Steelers and the Bills. Steelers got themselves a nice little win last week at home against the New York Giants. Um, and, you know, they've been up and down. I think that was the up this week. I think they get the down. The Bills, they're either winning this week or they're out of this whole this whole deal um, you know, they took the loss last week at the Raiders, played great in that first half, and then I don't know what happened. They just fell asleep at the wheel. I fully expect them to take some strong lessons from what happened there, apply them in this home game, and beat back the Steelers. Um, I want to say Pittsburgh's the favorite in this game, and they are, and I'm going to take the Bills as a home underdog off of the loss last two week. Points. So I'm gonna, You're getting two points in those Buffalo Bills. Yeah, so I'm going to grab those those uh I'm going to grab the home dog with the Buffalo Bills there. And then finally, the Carolina Panthers were on display for all to see on uh Monday night. Got their heads completely blown off. I do like to back the uh, the the loser of the Monday night game, especially if it was an embarrassing fashion. 40 to 7 would qualify as an embarrassing fashion. And so they're back home taking on a Chargers football team that finds ways to make games interesting and then lose them. I don't like the Chargers on the road in this one. Carolina's a mere point and a half favorite. I think Carolina needs to bounce back. There's nothing on, you know, on the table for them in terms of a playoff berth, but that's not entirely what, you know, every one of these games is about. I think Carolina just is going to have some pride here, and I like them as a point and a half favorite at home. Don't rip yourself off. It's only a point. I I, I well, there you need go. to give I'll the take, point. I'll take so you're that. only giving a point. Okay, so you got Kansas City, Buffalo, and Carolina this week. Let's see. I'm starting tonight, too, and this doesn't make for exciting radio. We're not going to get into an argument because I certainly am going to back the Chiefs tonight. Wind chills 12 degrees in Kansas City. Game time temperature about 20 degrees. Usually not a great formula for a team from California or Florida. Uh, and it's even furthermore, the Raiders have been playing with fire. They're an excellent football team. I'm not discounting anything. But they've been playing with fire for a couple weeks now, falling behind and coming back. That might get them here. Uh, Kansas City's won four straight against the Raiders. They kind of have the formula. They beat them earlier this year. I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. I don't think the Raiders get revenge in this spot. It seems to be a bad matchup for them. Um, Next, I hate to do it to everybody, but I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals plus a point against the hometown Miami Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins, 
did some nice things in a six-game winning streak, but the the signs were there that there was a little bit of smoke and mirrors going on. They were undressed in Baltimore last week, and I know they should have some pride, but I think the Cardinals have some pride. The Cardinals won a game last week that if they were going to lay down, they could have laid down against a very good Redskins team. They found a way to win. They're 5-6-1. and one. They're still on the outside, but they could make the playoffs if they have a little run here at the end of the season. I'm going to figure they keep it going one more week and get the win on the road against the Dolphins. And then finally, last game, uh, you know, here's a team that got beat last week, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, and uh, they really, really need this game. They're tied with Tampa Bay in their division. They're going out to L.A. I hate laying points on the road. God, do I hate laying them on the road. But the Rams are playing a rookie quarterback. The team's a disaster. There's got to be players on that team scratching their heads saying, Jeff Fisher's coming back? Come on, man. I think this is an epic beatdown. I I think Atlanta's going to go out there and just put it on the Rams. I really do. I'll lay all six points gladly here and take the foul. So you're you're saying in the face of, a uh, brand-new contract extension. He's going to go out and do what he did last week, which was lose, uh, yes. and then come back and get blown out play. at home? Is that how Jeff yes. Fisher is going to thank yes. folks? Yes. I'm um, saying he doesn't play. Right now he's got 45 or 50 men in that locker room that quietly are whispering to one another, saying, man, if I played defense like Jeff Fisher coaches, I know I would be getting a contract extension. Yeah, you you might be right on that. That's a you listen. Yeah, I'm with you. Laying points on the road is a tough deal. You're doing it with a seven and five football team. Gutsy pick there, Mister Calamina. I must tell you. Yeah, you know what? There's something in that number to me. It's 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 swollen. It says to me that you know Atlanta's not a public team. They're really not. So it says to me that you know there's there's something going on in L.A. The bookmakers seem to want to keep you off Atlanta as they get that close to a touchdown. And, uh, you know, the Rams' defense hasn't played to its talent level. And, frankly, with, with Goff at quarterback, it's a tough pull. you you really got to gotta swallow hard if you, if you like the Rams in that game. Yeah, um, no doubt. You know, game I just uh, I stay the hell away. But you like Atlanta, and we're rolling with that. And then with that, we're rolling out of here. We got you all set up for the weekend. We did it on a Thursday because, you know, we're uh, – we're adjustable like that. So, Emil, yeah, enjoy your weekend. Stuff. I'm going to kick mine off tomorrow at 3 o'clock um, as, as we take on Punta Verde High School and uh, try to win ourselves. Best to you guys and to American Heritage. I'm calling for a victory, as I did last week. And as you notice, I call for a victory every week. <laughs> I'm calling for yeah, a victory. This, this better be better than the picks you've been laying down this weekend. You understand this year, this season. You better not, you know. Hey, I'm hot, man. I'm hot. I was 5-1 last weekend, and I got your game right in the semifinals. So leave me alone. You did. You did absolutely do that. So uh, I appreciate you backing us here with your handicapping pick <laughs> of uh, American Heritage versus Front of Verda. I don't think there was any other way for you to go on this broadcast because I quickly would have cut you off. So nevertheless. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend. Goodbye. Yeah, uh, they've gotten you out of here really quick. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Giants-Cowboys game. I know you're going to be sitting there front and center uh, wringing your hands. You can't let the Giants get you twice, man. You just just can't let it happen. You know I don't like the Giants. I don't like the Giants. You don't like like anything in that NFC East that's not named the Dallas Cowboys. I get it. I understand it. You're a fan. 
All right, we're out of here. Enjoy your weekend. We're back on Monday making sense of it all. We want to thank you all for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show, even though Blog Talk Radio plays a lot of games with us. We thank you for hanging in there and listening to us and making us a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. Thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.